The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Hello. Hello, this is Galen McDowell, your host of Truth Transforms. I'm the Senior Assistant Minister and Executive Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Uh, we're in the midst of a series. We're pretty much wrapping up after next week titled The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, which is a title, uh, which the title comes from the book of the same name, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. And I really enjoyed teaching this book. I've been teaching it for more than a couple of months. And I think that people have gotten some great benefits from it. You know, again, I always want to make sure that what I'm giving you is very practical and powerful. So let me just start off by saying thank you for all who have listened to all of the the lessons in this series. And if you're still working on that or you're just tuning in, thank you, too. You know, I appreciate your support. You know, all of the hosts on Unity Online Radio appreciate your support and we don't take it for granted. Now, before we actually get into the the lesson, I want to talk a little bit about fear because well file number 16 which we're doing today, rich people act in spite of fear, people poor people let fear stop them. Is is the mindset. Again, he's not talking, you know, he's talking about a mindset. And I think it's important to recognize that the acronym that someone once made, fear means false evidence appearing real, really lands differently when you recognize that the majority of the things that you worry about will never happen. You know, we we twist our brains into knots worrying about everything. And I'm not saying you don't have car insurance and insurance for your house and life insurance and things of that nature or medical or dental insurance. I'm not saying any of those things. Those things are necessary as a part of life. However, sometimes we're fearful about things uh, and almost functioning with a sense of low-grade paranoia around taking chances with our own lives. But here's the thing. You know, I do believe, hold, and teach that we are eternal spiritual beings. That we are the very image and likeness of God. That we're individualized expressions of the one mind, the one intelligence, the one love, the one substance, the one power that we call God. And I also believe that the, the personality that you're expressing, the body that you're expressing right now, that's a one-time trip. Now, whether you come back, you, it's not going to be the you that you know now with the history and the background and the circumstances and the situations, et cetera. So even, uh, even if your core belief is, hey, I come back, it's not the you that's you now. It's the essence of you. On top of that, if you believe that you just go forward, whether that's in new dimensions of life or heavenly glory or whatever the term you like to use, um, the, the, the needs of the now human, you won't be necessary on those different planes of existence. Why? Because you won't have a, a body, as you know it, that needs to eat, that needs to sleep, that needs to eliminate uh, the, the, the human relationship from the standpoint of living as a three-dimensional being are not necessary. Your spirit, soul, body. So it's necessary to recognize the statement that I'm about to say. And I, I gave all that context just so I can say what I'm about to say. You don't get out of life, quote-unquote, alive. You are life, but there's a day you pick this body up, 
and there will be a day you put it down. Now, don't look at the end of life thinking, excuse me, not the end of life, the end of this physical incarnation, because there is no end of life. I got to be careful with my metaphysical terminology. At the end of this physical uh, expression, and then look back and realize that you didn't live life because you were scared to make some tough calls, scared to sacrifice, scared uh, that you wouldn't be comfortable going through a process of growth, which he'll talk about later and we're going to talk about later in this chapter. It's important that you recognize that you got to go for it. You got to go for it. You got to go for it. Because the impact you'll make or won't make is solely determined by the actions you take, not just the thoughts you hold. A lot of people have great intentions and no action. But action does it. Great intentions, but no results. And in life, on the planet Earth, things are judged by the results. Jesus said, not me, or is it attributed to Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew? Judge a tree. This is a paraphrase, basically. But judge a tree by the fruit it bears. You know, because I know sometimes good spiritual folks and woke folks will always say, well, you know, it's not my job to judge. Well, that's judgment and condemnation in that context. But when it comes to results, you have every right to say, hey, you said you were going to produce this and this didn't happen. What happened? Whether you work in, at work, whether you're in a relationship, whether you're friends, whether you're married, whether uh, you're talking to uh, whoever, business associates, or whether you're talking to yourself. Because results only show up after action. And what are, you, what's, what are the actions you're taking? And what actions didn't you take? Or was there miscalculation? Or was there something? For instance, if you... If if you're working with somebody or somebody's accountable to you or you're accountable to them, every a conversation about results is not only um, good, it's necessary. People don't like having conversations about results. It's, you know, it's almost like, well, if you don't call me on my stuff, I won't call you on yours. You know, I'm not going to mention you that you're late all the time and affecting our ability to do get stuff done, whether that's in a relationship, family or work. If you don't call me out on my stuff, but then there's no effectiveness and that's key. Do you want your life to be effective? Based upon your standards. And the standard is the results you say you're seeking to produce. I can't say what you're seeking to produce. I can't say it. But here's what I can say. I know that you know that there are things you want to produce the things you want to do, the things you want to experience that haven't happened. And the question is, what are you going to do about it? And really allow that to land. What are you going to do about it? Well, you don't know what's going on in my life and et cetera, et cetera. All right, cool. I get that. All right, so does that mean you just give up and don't have a plan? Okay, what if it takes longer than you expected it to happen? You know, you know, like, you know, in, in the that's what the story of Abraham and Sarah mean, it means in the Bible. 
one of the meanings. Let me not say the meaning. One of the meaning meanings. Their advanced age before they actually had a child. Now, I'm not asking you to believe that a 100-year-old man and an 80-year-old woman had a baby. That's that's a matter of your own belief. Uh, I think that the story is trying to tell us of something a little bit different from my perspective. And this is my perspective that you don't have to have. It's telling us that sometimes as you're pushing through, as you're working through, as you're going through, sometimes it might take a little bit longer than you expected it to happen. But hold to your faith and keep going forward. Because your joy will be born. That's what Isaac means. It means joy or laughter in Hebrew. So the real question is, and I'm going to get to the to the book momentarily, is really allowing this concept that it might take longer than I expected, but I'm not giving up to really land in your soul. Now, I'm not saying that there are times when it's time to set something aside, because there are times where you need to set stuff aside. But here's the thing. That should come out of your own prayer and reflection and spiritual insight, not fear. Because when you cower to fear, every time it it gets a win in your life, fear gets stronger. Yet again, the story of uh, another biblical story, David and Goliath, where the children of Israel and the Philistines uh, were fighting or about to fight, and they decided, the Goliath, the champion of the Philistines, decided to come out and say, hey, we don't have to have a whole war. Just bring your best fighter out here to face me. If he wins, we'll surrender. If you lose, we'll you'll surrender. And no one in the whole army of Israel was willing to face Goliath because of his giant stature. And the Bible has a way of amplifying things when they want you to really realize something is major. So I don't know if he really was as tall and as big and his shield was that heavy and spear and all this stuff. The stuff they say about him is quite amazing. You know, he would have, you know, he would easily be one of the largest human beings, if not the largest who, who ever lived. That being said, everybody was scared except for, except for a little shepherd boy named David, who was coming to bring food to his brothers. A couple of his brothers were in the military. And when he saw what was happening, he got upset. And then when he heard the reward, he was like, I'll do it. How dare he? And he went out and faced what everybody else was afraid to face. Now, here's what we know about courageous folks. Whether you like them or not, they're celebrated. When somebody is willing to take on what no one else is willing to take on. When someone is willing to to have the courage to take a stand for what's right not sometimes that stand is with your own self when your body has you scared because of the prognosis and the diagnosis when your bank account is is has you fearful because you're not you're trying to figure out how to face your responsibilities financially it could be family situations it could be a person being courageous enough to walk away from an abusive relationship or leaving a, a, a situation with drugs and alcohol. That takes courage. A lot of people are paralyzed by fear. They're paralyzed by the unknown. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to do it. They don't know what the next step is. And instead of centering themselves on taking action, they just freeze. And when they freeze, Nothing good comes from it. Nothing good comes from you 
freezing from fear. Now, there are certain situations or circumstances, let me just be clear, where fear was given to us for a good reason to keep us safe. For instance, if you have a fear about jumping off of a building, that's a good fear. If you have a fear about stepping out in the street in front of a moving car, that's a good fear. If you have fear about drinking, um, you know, bleach or whatever, something silly, that's a good fear. If you have a fear of, of not, of, uh, of, 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 if you have a fear of your child being in an automobile without a safety car seat, that's a good fear. That's not the fear I'm talking about. And that's not the fear the Bible talks about when, when book after book and prophet after prophet kept saying, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Why fear not? Or stop being afraid, which would be a modern translation of fear not. Stop being afraid because the fear won't allow your belief to activate your faith. Don't miss that. The fear won't allow your belief to activate your faith because belief is the activator of faith. I really hope that landed. Now, let me get to the book. Wealth File, number 16, page 166. Rich people act in spite of fear. Poor people let fear stop them. He says, earlier in this book, we discussed the process of manifestation. Let's review the formula. Thoughts lead to feelings. Feelings lead to actions. Actions lead to results. So, obviously, if we're having a thought sooner or later, we have to get to the action. The action. So he goes down and he starts talking about, yeah, I've meditated, yeah, I've prayed, but sooner or later I have to take some action. Now, I'm not saying that you can't be still and then draw things to you at a certain level of consciousness. Yes, that's totally possible. But it's not probable for most people, in my opinion. I've been teaching New Thought for 23 years, almost 24. And I can honestly say that normally you have to work in alignment with what's given to you in prayer or in truth. Sometimes it's all a mental process. But the mental process might have some physical steps. For example, when I was a young man, age 20, almost died from asthma and was in the hospital for almost five days. And when I got out, I put myself on a regimen. It was So I did my prayer work. I did my meditation. I did my affirmations. But I wrote all my affirmations out. Uh, I had them on three by five cards with color and scriptures on the back. I was um, reading, I mean, everything three to five books a week over and over again sometimes the same book i've read some books dozens of times and i was listening at the time you know cassettes from the church in the car in the walkman any anywhere i could get a chance if i was at a picnic i was pulling a booklet or pamphlet out of my pocket and reading it trying to steal time because I knew that I had to have some some action. And part of my action was doing the outer things to help condition my mind to accept the wholeness that was already within me. So yes, consciousness matters. But you also have to be obedient to what conscious the, the, the higher spiritual levels of your consciousness is seeking to express through you. So that means obedience. That means alignment. That means getting in the flow. I had to get in the flow of my own healing. But to do it, I had to get everything that was interfering with the flow of my healing out of the way. And that took extreme focus. I can't tell you how extreme. 
I mean literal focus, literal concentration. That's why Jesus is credited as saying in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, narrow is the gate that leads to salvation. When you want to produce a particular result, you can't take the wide road. You have to take the narrow gate. So the real question comes into play as you're talking about thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to actions, actions lead to results. It's recognizing that sooner or later, you have to be obedient to what's happening on the inside. If you do all this inner work, there has to be some type of outer expression. So he says later on that page, in the real world, you have to take real action to succeed. Then he goes on the next page and he says, Action is the bridge, top of page 167. Action is the bridge between the inner world and the outer world. Action is the bridge. That's key. Action is the bridge. Now, if I could impart or encourage or influence you to do anything today it would be to take one step towards a goal one action step and then tomorrow just one action step and then the next day one action step and then the next day one action step and then the next day one action step over and over and over and over again. Now, if you want to accelerate your results, take five. Jack Canfield talks about this in the success principles, which I still think is out of a, for, for, as far as a pure self-help book, not metaphysical principles and spiritual this, but as a pure self-help book, the success principles is probably the best self-help book ever written, in my opinion. By Jack Canfield. And I have both versions, the original and the 10th anniversary. The he uses in that book, the success principles, something called the rule of five. Five things you can do every day towards your goal. So for instance, you know, if he was writing, you know, when he, he would write a book, okay, I need to do five things. Am I making five calls to radio stations about uh, how authors can get on the radio to promote their book? Is he making two calls, but then writing emails to, you know, other people? Is he seeking to find out ways to write, you know, editorials in the newspaper? Is he making calls to set up ways to be able to promote the book through a workshops or seminars? You know, what are the five action steps you can take right now, every day, until you get the results you desire? Five. Now, one is great. But if you really, really want to accelerate your growth, I would say try on the rule of five. You can get more detail, obviously, by getting the success, reading the success principles. But he actually utilized this method when he was producing the Chicken Soup of the Soul series with Mark Victor Hansen and other things. Rule of five. What five things can I do daily around a particular subject? So in other words, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing five things that are not related. So, you know, it should be five things that are related. So for instance, you are seeking to lose weight. What can you do today? I'm going to eat this many vegetables and fruit. 
I'm going to work out, do my cardio. I'm going to stretch. I'm going to go buy a cookbook on healthy meals. You know, I'm going to call my accountability partner or get one or whatever to talk about our game plan. I don't know. Your goal could be spiritual and you could have all these different goals. What are you going to do? I'm going to read a certain amount of time. I'm going to meditate a certain amount of time. I'm going to use affirmative prayer a certain amount of time. I'm going to call the prayer ministry line. I'm going to, you know, I don't know. That's up for you to decide. Take a class in my church or sign up for it today. Just be clear on what that means. So, um, you know, it looks like it's almost time for a break. I'm going to drill down into more of the chapter, but I'm really trying to help you realize it's going to be the action that really allows you to get your breakthroughs. The action that will allow you to get the results you desire. The action that will help you produce the type of life you desire. So with that, we're going to take this break, allow some commercials to play, and we'll be right back with Troop Transforms. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before I go forward, let me give uh, my brief commercial. First of all, um, this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, our request is that you freely give and help support this online ministry by going to unityonlineradio.org or the shortcut unity.fm and click on the donate button and help support this ministry so we can continue to spread this new thought message around the world. A lot of places don't have the benefit of having a new thought center anywhere near close to them, sometimes even in their whole country. So this definitely does make a difference. Uh, please be reminded that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. My request is that you go on the page, give it a five-star rating, like it so you can get the post, and write a positive review. It helps with the algorithms. The show is also on Apple Podcast and Stitcher, both apps for mobile devices. And you can, well, my request is that you again give it a five-star rating and write a positive review. It helps the algorithms get the show out in front of people. And let me just give you a couple of quick things that's happening at Christ Universal Temple. Obviously, you can always watch the live stream at www.cutemple.org, C-U, the word temple.org. And you can also watch the live stream on YouTube by putting CU Temple in the search engine and then finding the live stream on Sunday mornings from 10.30 a.m. until noon at uh, Central Time every Sunday. We just started a program yesterday titled The 40 Days of Grace. It's a prayer campaign where it's a prayer for yourself, for the spiritual community, and for someone else. And you can go online at our website, www.cutemple.org, and order the prayer, the directions, and a wristband. We're all wearing wristbands that say 40 Days of Grace uh, on them, and we'll wear them until November 9th. So for those who are listening, this offer is good between October 1st and November 9th. If you go on the website, you can fill out the form. You can order up to two free 
wristbands. We will mail them to you. No questions asked. No money requests. Only thing we want you to do is pray with our us as a collective consciousness to invoke the grace of God in our lives and in the lives of our community and the people that we're praying for. Who you pray for is your business. So go on the website and get your wristband, your prayer, and your directions today. We're also in the midst of our 63rd anniversary month for Christ Universal Temple. And this Sunday, we have the Reverend Roderick Norton, who's the CUT staff member and uh, the spiritual director of the uh, Empowerment Center for Better Living. He's speaking on the fundamentals of abundance on October 13th. We have uh, speaker, author, presidential candidate, uh, Marianne Williamson, speaking at the church as our special anniversary guest. On October 9th, also on October 13th, we have our First Lady Health Initiative. So if you're in the Chicagoland area, you want to get some, you know, some tests, uh, you know, or get some information about how to maintain your health, you know, screenings, et cetera, stop by. On October 20th, I'm, excuse me, October 19th, first, I'm doing a seminar called Understanding Who You Are from uh, noon until 2 p.m. So it's free and open to the public. A love offering will be taken. On October 20th, I'm going to be speaking at Christ Universal Temple on the truth about prayer. On that same date, we're also going to have uh, the launching and dedication of our bookstore cafe. We've had a bookstore forever. We are currently um, creating a bookstore cafe where people can hang out, get them, they can have business meetings. They can just sit and use the Wi-Fi and chill and and, and get in an environment that allows them to uh, get their work done or hang out or whatever and still be able to purchase books. The most books, metaphysical new thought books in the in 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 the, you know, I don't know, at least the Chicagoland area. Uh, lastly, we have the 63rd anniversary concert on October 27th, and you definitely don't want to miss that, starring our choir, the Temple Ensemble. So check us out. You can go to our Facebook page at Christ Universal Temple and get all of this information. You can also sign up for our e-blast on our website. So I want to make sure I got all of that information out so now I can get back to getting this information that you are turning in to get. So... All right. He talks about a lot, a long story about uh, tame the cobra of fear. And what tame the cobra of fear basically means is you're not going to eliminate fear, but you can tame it. In other words, it can be there. And like he mentions Susan Jeffers book, feel the fear it doing anyway. There are going to be times we're going to be afraid to do something. You got to feel the fear. And do it anyway. All right. He says on top of page 168, it's imperative to realize that it's not necessary to try to get rid of fear in order to succeed. Rich and successful people have fear. Rich and successful people have doubts. Rich and successful people have worries. They just don't let these feelings stop them. Unsuccessful people have fears, doubts, and worries. Then let those feelings Stop them. So everybody has the emotions of the human experience. How you handle those emotions matter. Fear is going to come up. Anger is going to come up. Frustration is going to come up. Anxiety is going to come up. Just like love and peace and joy and laughter come up. You determine which one you will focus on. You can say, well, no, it just took me over. That is seemingly the truth, but it's not the truth. The truth is you have not, we we have not 
developed enough discipline in our minds to stop our mouths and our emotions from running amok. That's the truth. So unless something is legitimately wrong with a person medically, we're just not disciplining our minds. Now, again, I'm not talking about medical because I recognize there's some folks who, for whatever reason, sometimes all the dots don't connect. No, you know, and we love them through that process. We show compassion and understanding. And we recognize that we can't use their situation as an excuse for us not doing what we're supposed to do. That's key. That's key. It's not an excuse. So, the book goes on to say, that he had a person in his intensive, Millionaire Mind Intensive Seminar, who mentioned at least a dozen family and friends who attended the course and they got fabulous and phenomenal results. He was teaching an evening seminar and the guy says, hey, you know, I know a lot of people who are doing very well now because they went to your seminar. And then he said, if you are holding the course in Seattle, I'd definitely come too. And then T. Harv Ecker went on a tangent (laughs) and basically said, hey, I only have three words for you. And the guy said, what are they? And he said, "You're you're freaking broke. In other words, and T. Harv Ecker had to explain to this guy, and I'm going to read some of it because it's really powerful. But the gist of it is, if you know something is getting people fabulous results, then you have to take some extraordinary action to make sure that you get in alignment with the results you see other people are getting. They say, okay, if it's convenient for me, I'll show up and learn how to get rich. What? 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 That's basically what the guy was saying. So, he asked the guy, you know, let me just read this because I think this is so good. It's worth the read. Then I asked him how he was doing financially. I'm on page 168 going to 169. He sheepishly replied, not too good. Of course, I replied, no kidding. Then I began ranting and raving at the front of the room. If you're going to let a three-hour drive or a three-hour flight or a three-day trek stop you from doing what you need and want to do, then what else will stop you? Here's the answer. Anything. Anything will stop you, not because of the size of the challenge, but because of the size of you. It's simple, I continued. Either you're a person who will be stopped or you're a person who won't be stopped. You choose. If you want to create wealth or any kind of success, you have to be a warrior. You have to be willing to do whatever it takes. You have to train yourself not to be stopped by anything. Then he goes on to say, getting rich is not always convenient. Getting rich is not always easy. In fact, getting rich can be pretty damn hard. But so what? One of the key enlightened warrior principle states, if you're willing to do only what's easy, life will be hard. But if you are willing to do what's hard, Life will be easy. Rich people don't base their actions on what's easy and convenient. That way of living is reserved for the poor and most of the middle class. He, again, went on a tirade. But he was trying to drill down into this guy's brain that If you're waiting for all the scenarios to be right before you start taking action to make life work, then you will always be in a position of wishing life would be better, not getting the results you desire. Because if a dozen people told me I got financially free by 
attending this and then working what this guy told me, I would find out where the person was and then go and then do. Why? Because that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. So here's the thing. We have to be careful that we don't get in our in, in our own way. We get in our own way too much. So this guy who knew a dozen or more people who all got magnificent results through the teaching of Mr. Ecker decided, you know what? I don't need that. But if it comes, I'll definitely do it. If it comes to my city, I'll I'll do it. If, instead of saying, I don't know where I'm coming. Wherever that person shows up again, I'm going. You know, I remember year, a couple of years back when Tony Robbins had his uh, I'm Not Your Guru on Netflix. Still on there, by the way. If you can stand the profanity, I would highly recommend it. But it's a lady on there that was going through some serious challenges. And she sold her furniture. She came from another country, I believe. Sold her furniture so she can, and other things, just so she could get to that Tony Robbins seminar. People would say, well, oh my God, you know, that's what happens when you follow these gurus and these spiritual leaders and they want you to give up everything. No, your willingness to go all out shifts your consciousness and puts you in a different level of functioning in life. So here's what ends up happening. Because she played all out. And then she was telling somebody that works for Tony, hey, you know, I'm here. You know, nothing was going to stop me from getting here. I put every I put it all on the line to get here. Tony then paid for her to go to the advanced trainings that he has for free. Well he all he, he didn't pay for it, it's his program, but you know what I mean. Now why is that important? Because sometimes we don't go all out. We don't play to win. And sometimes it's just action that you have to take. And not allow fear to stop you. You know, I can remember uh, uh, years ago, it was like 93, I was um, Les Brown, who's a member of Christ Universal Temple, the motivator, the top, one of the top speakers ever, uh, motivational speakers ever, literally, was on, was doing a, evening session. I think I might have told this on the show before, but he was doing an evening session and he was bringing all these different speakers in and then he uh, was promoting this program he had in California for it was, yeah, it was a three-day three program in, Cal in LA. Now, I'm a young man I'm just turned 22 uh it was the summer his program was in mid-august i believe something around that time and i was getting married on like october 1st and i so you know i had an apartment you know and you know a, a job that did not pay a lot of money let's just put it that way i was a cashier at a grocery store and I can remember because now I'm exposed to CUT. I'm already on the back end of my healing. And I can remember praying, saying, man, I want to go to that session in L.A. But I don't know how to get it there. But I didn't leave. I didn't stay there. I was like, I don't know how, but I'm going to get there. So 
the last day of the program, he asked people what did they get from the program and all the speakers. I'm raising my hand. I'm in the back, raising my hand. I'm jumping up and down. He's picking everybody but me. And eventually he picked me. I might have been the last person legitimately that night that he called out of the audience because I was just being ridiculous. And I shared. To this day, I can't tell you what I shared. I just, from my heart, shared what I got from that week-long evening experience at Christ Universal Temple with Les and his speakers. And Les said to me, young man, I, I, basically the gist of it, or the gist, by the way, for people who, don't, who are not American, means like basically, or, you know, uh, or, you know, the large overview of it is, he said, young man, I like that so much, what you had to say so much. You can come to my, my uh, three-day workshop on speaking for free. And, it, and it, it costs, by the way, let me be clear. And that was great, but I didn't have hotel money and I didn't have money for an air, airplane ticket. And we're weeks away, not months, weeks from going. So that was a Friday, I believe. And I can remember on Monday... I had no, I had a conversation with uh, at the time the COO of Christ Universal Temple, the Reverend uh, Dr. Joe Hill, who leads Power Circle Congregation now on the South Side of Chicago, and I told him about it. It's like I'm praying. It's like I got this. I can go for free, but I but I'm stuck now. You know, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm just holding. You know, I'm just holding it, and I didn't ask him for anything. I just I'm just holding this. You know, basically just asking him to hold it in consciousness with me. Obviously, he had a conversation with Reverend Coleman because I got a call from Reverend Coleman's assistant, Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, basically saying, you know, I like what you said. I want to support you. I'm going to pay for, you know, Johnny. Johnny Coleman actually said to me, I'm going to pay for you to go to L.A. and back. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. I'm like, great. I'm excited. I'm jumping around my apartment. I'm fired up. And then it dawned on me, like, you know, like, you know, man, I need to call, you know, Reverend Joe and tell him what happened. So I called, called him and, and I told him what happened. He said, that's great. And I'm going to take care of your hotel. So I went to L.A., went to, at the time, the top motivational speaker on the planet. Without a doubt, Les was on PBS almost every day at, in 94. That was, yeah, that was 94. August of 94. Uh, I went to the seminar for free. I got a free plane ticket. And I got free ho hotel. And the seminar had meals. So I, I spent all the time I was there, maybe $10. I bought a burger, uh, a burger and a fry while I was there. Every other meal was covered. So I went to California, L.A., and back, went to the top the work three-day workshop for the top speaker on the planet at the time. And I spent less than $10. Instead of saying, oh, my God, and allowing fear to take over, this is something I really want to do, and I don't know how to make this work. The moment we just turn our brains off, we stop possibility from happening. Now, I didn't know how I was going to get there. All I saw was myself there. I mean, I could tell you, I could I literally, my buddies were with me that night. I, I was at my friend Greg's house and uh, with a couple of my best friends. We were all off. Um, met, uh, it was a couple of hours before the seminar started. I think it was started at like 7 o'clock or something like that. And we were all off. And so I stopped by his house, called a couple of my other friends who had just got off. I said, hey, I'm on my way to church, and this is the seminar I want to go to. And I don't know how I'm going to get there, man, but I just know I belong there. I just know it. I said, why don't y'all come with me? So uh, a couple, like three of my friends went with me. And so they saw all of this happen, all of it unfold 
right in front of them. And what was really funny about it was there were people who were asking me to sign Les Brown's book because they said, one day you're going to be famous. <laughs> and I'll, I'll never forget that because I was like, well, you want me to sign his book? It was, it was hilarious to me. But you don't have to allow fear to stop you. You don't have to allow fear to stop you. Don't be comfortable. Let me just hit a couple of more points before we end. He says, page 170, now that we've addressed convenience, what about discomfort? Why is acting in spite of discomfort so important? Because comfortable is where you are at now. If you want to succeed, you got to step into discomfort. Bottom of page 170, let me ask you a question. The first time you tried something new, was it comfortable or uncomfortable? Usually uncomfortable. But what happened afterwards? The more you did it, the more comfortable it became, right? Then he says the next paragraph. Again, the only time you're actually growing is when you are uncomfortable. Even muscles grow through pressing them. They tear, they regrow, and they come back bigger. So he says, anytime you see yourself going through something and you feel fear, he says, pat yourself on the back and say, I must be growing and continue going forward. That's a great affirmation. He'll say declaration. I must be growing. That's shifting the meaning. Instead of, oh, my God, this is tough. I must be growing. If all this stuff is happening, I must be growing. If these challenges are coming my way, if stuff that would have never been in my stratosphere is on my, on, on my plate, quote, unquote, then I must be growing. So he says on the bottom of page 171, your comfort zone equals your wealth zone. How comfortable are you? How comfortable are you? Now, it's a lot of other good stuff in this book, um, in this chapter, but I'm way well, talks talking about choosing your thoughts and how to choose your thoughts, but I've been teaching that stuff forever. So next week, I'm going to deal with wealth file number 17. And once I finish with wealth file 17, I'll let you know what's happening and what's going to be coming up um, after this series. So just keep in mind, just stay in the realm of possibility and potentiality. And don't allow fear to stop you before you even allow the grace of God to show up. Because that was grace. Uh, as I mentioned the 40 days of grace earlier, that was grace. I was open to how the universe was going to show up as me being in L.A. at that workshop. I wasn't really interested in the how at the time. I needed to be in the space of I am at that workshop. Now, I was 22 years old. I didn't know what I didn't know. I'm sure you can do it. I'm sure you can take that recipe and put it into your own life. So that's the music, which means that's my cue for us to end for today. So I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. God Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.